We share our perceptions about changing perceptions when sharing media. I'm not, Welcome. wait, I'm not bringing us No, in. you're not bringing Okay, us we just had a crazy random, uh, we were just chit-chatting like we do, and, um... And we were like, we should podcast about yeah. this! So, uh... So we were the, wrong, but, so, yeah. So here's the quick setup. So we were talking about, um... Not quick enough. So we were talking about Rick and Morty, and we were talking about, uh, uh Ephraim showed an episode, uh, the, the most recent, the, the debut episode of the new season of Rick and Morty to his wife, and he had already seen it. And then he was watching it with his wife, and he realized... Shouldn't I tell this story? Oh! Well, I'm halfway through it, but yeah. Pick, <laughs> pick, pick it up! <laughs> I'll just be on my phone. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Could I just was trying total, to get the ball rolling. Total just, dick move. Just turn, turn off yeah, the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do have to catch up on so, my... Uh, please, please continue. Uh, really? You think? Uh, so anyway, so... Um, so the experience was. So Ep- I Ep- says. Oh, so Jesus. I says. I'm gonna. This is what happens when you uh, half. We're actually more than half this bottle in. By so, the way. so to this be, is whiskey episode number nineteen. to finish. To be clear, I had seen the episode once already. That I was saying that if you'd shut oh, up, you'd God. hear this. <laughs> so here's the story. Uh, so Ephraim had already seen it once. Don't shout. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and. So the experience. What we're what here's what we want to talk about in this episode. Ephraim realized his experience of watching it with his wife was more critical than when he was just watching it the first time, where he was where he was taking on the taking on the the show for the first time. His experience the second time around was it's awfully expository. There's a lot of exposition, talking, telling us the story rather than showing us the story. But then what happened was his wife said, "I dug it. I liked it." So. She was having the first time experience, and it was just she was just taking it in as it happened. You were now critiquing it as you were watching it, and so what happened was same content, two different experiences, and the difference in the experience was you were now watching it vicariously through someone else. So that got us to talking about how when you're when you're either creating content or you're looking at content, it's especially if you're creating it, it's very difficult to get out of your own head because you're trying to solve the creative problems of the content, but you're not yet seeing it as an audience. So you're not the, you're, you can't be the audience because you're making it. So by definition, the creation of something and the watching of something are two separate ideas. And I'm, I don't know why I'm summing it up already, but yeah, uh, but anyway, the, the but, end, but yeah, yeah. And bye click. Uh, so anyway, I'm not going to go there. So, uh, but PJ was about to roll into the same thing, well, talking about music and music selection, I think. Well, I was. You may just talk over you. Going to tie this into DJing and boxing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Give me that mic. No. No, I mean, uh, I have this really high IQ, so I can do these things. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's like, it's off this the charts. It's so, so big. Okay, Mensa, bring it, bitch. <laughs> Mensa said, no, we need to create something else. Yeah, Mensa's like, yeah. 
we don't have something that high. Yeah, they're yeah. like, no, not for yeah. you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not for you. So I don't think that's what they is, meant, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but good on you for high confidence. So <laughs> remember, we were talking about considering our audience, right? So yeah, uh, <laughs> like we have one. Do we have? One? Uh, well, okay. So I. I I don't know. Maybe actually Ephraim should con- uh, take on the next phase first. What? <laughs> I don't Wait, know. Wait, t- you, well, okay, you, so I interrupted you. You were talking about Here it, it is. It, it's uh, watching something where you're like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. You have to see it. Let's sit down and watch this now. Mystery Science Theater episode 303. We got to watch this. So we sit down and watch it and you are kind of giggling inside and you look over at the person you're forcing to watch it and they're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, nothing. So there's it's no... like a, a curated experience gone wrong uh, because there's so many other other factors in play besides uh, just this, your own personal taste dictating what someone else should see. Uh, you know, the mood of the other person, everything like that. And you want um, them to like it, so you yeah, have a you stake want in them the to like it. Yeah. Right, right. Because you enjoyed it so much, so you want your friend to like it too. Uh, and, and I'm wondering, or, or probably see this when you can learn to appreciate uh like the work that a dj has to do to uh find the right mood the right tempo the right style of music to give to the right audience at the right time uh it's uh it is a skill on its own oh yeah and feeling the audience kind of figuring out where the energy is in the room and right and uh you can see it go right and you can see it go wrong and i never understood it my my kind of moment where it all came to light was in bulgaria of all places <laughs> where most revelations happen yeah yeah in, in a nightclub where i was uh hanging out with parker lewis like you do and you uh, know he can't lose yeah parker lewis can't lose and we were like holy crap i'm a little too old for this and the room is bumping and i'm liking it too and the dj was just really working the room and he knew how to build like a story with the music hmm. and present it to someone else. None of the music itself is its own creation, but he's now, uh, I not, is it a vicarious experience? What would you call it? it it's you're it's talking about sort of like a curated experience. Oh, that right. He has just dialed in perfectly for that crowd that night, that mood getting the party going. Well, when it comes to DJs, I mean, the thought that comes to my mind is, you know, they've, They've spent some time figuring out what works. Yeah, and, and, you know, and 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 you get to read your audience in real time, and you can make adjustments. And you know, maybe maybe something is not working for a minute, and then you've made an adjust. You switch to something else, and you, oh, this is working. And you do that on enough nights in in a particular venue, and you get a sense of okay, this is the kind of crowd I can expect. And uh, these are the tracks that are really going to get him going. And, you know, you start. To, it is. It's like building a mixtape. You know what I mean? Like right. You, and you, it's right. Very, it is very different from what we're talking about. Like, watch this TV show with me that I've already seen once. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> but it's know, sort of taking it into your own hands. The whole uh, watching a TV show, forcing someone to watch something. I made sort of like a career out of doing that for for <laughs> a number of years after Twin Peaks came and went off the air in the early 90s. I was obsessed with this show, and it's like, you know, it's like 29, 29, 30 hours of viewing, and I made it my mission to make everyone that I knew watch the show, and none of them had seen it. No one in my circle had seen it, and I was upset by this. So I was like, each of you, and and 
I made it an individual thing with each one. You had a sign-in sheet? It wasn't a group like, we're all going to get together for Twin Peaks night. No, it was like one person at a time. I had to get them through So you curated that that experience. And I made it, I had to watch it with them. So you're eating the popcorn and watching them watch the show? So I I watched... (laughs) You're the voyeur, like right, forty times. Were you like this, like like say I'm like, or you, I'm like you? Who do you think uh, killed our father now? How about now? What, what's the log mean? Right, exactly. Uh, but it was an interesting experiment, experiment in uh, not only you know the ups and downs of forcing people to watch things, uh, but also like w- how that experience translated to me. Uh, I felt like I got to relive the experience each time, so that that was a lot of fun. Now, there's that experience, and then there's the experience of watching something that you enjoyed the first time a second time, and that can be a very transformative experience. It can, it can either, uh, there can be more layers that you didn't see the first time, and it can be a more sort of un- enriching experience. We've all seen movies that seem to get better and better with age. Right. Even if you watch them like a week apart, it's like, oh my God, this, this, there's more here than I saw the first time. And then there's those times you watch it a second time, you're like, eh. You know, the, the other thing, too, is like uh, there was a movie that I watched. I must have watched it at exactly the right time in my life or whatever. But it was it's a movie called Frankie and Johnny. And it's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Al Pacino. I've seen it. Yeah. And it's like it's a quiet little kind of romantic kind of blue collar people. And and uh, and I watched it and it just killed me. I was like, that is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And so, and it stayed with me. It stayed with me for several days. It had such a, it like really resonated with me where, with where I was at at that time. And then I remember a couple years later, maybe not even that long, I was dating a, a woman and I was like, you got because it's kind of a romantic movie. I was like, you got to mm. watch this movie. And I'll watch it and like, we're both falling asleep. Wow. It was, it was <laughs> weird. It was like, I was like, wow, I guess there is kind of, you're already riding a wave. And if you happen to catch a, a parallel wave, that's a piece of entertainment. You just you totally lock into it, but if you're not, it's just it's like eh, it was all right. Well, so, yeah, some things can have meaning, really poignant meaning for you at one time in your life, and then just like you, you've outgrown it. Right, there was a time and a place where that did mean something, and then now it doesn't. You uh, you know, talking about um, so the DJ thing. So here's the difference. Like this is kind of my frustration about uh, to to blow this up a little bit more about filmmaking and cinema and stuff and TV shows. One of my frustrations is, and we're all kind of like musicians or musico files or audio, whatever. Um, but we all have a background <laughs> in that, right? Mm-hmm. Roughly, roughly. More or I've less. heard music. Yes, uh, I. You have a guitar at your house, dude. Uh, three um, chords. I know three chords. Right. Hey, that's did fine for the Beatles. Um, <laughs> so, the 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 frustration. The, so when you do, when you play music, it's immediate gratification. You're playing it, and it's happening in real time. There's no... You don't have to go, mm, let me plan this out so somebody else has the experience a year later or whatever. You know what I mean? And the thing... The frustration is you're trying to create that same kind of DJ dance wave. You're trying to create that same sort of up and down peaks and valleys with a piece of entertainment that is prepackaged. So you don't you don't have the opportunity to, to ride the wave of the audience. You, you can't respond to an audience. It's It's... It's in a can, and it's canned by the time they get it. So instead of a DJ who's who's pulling out tracks that he's tested before and and doing it in real time or, and, and, and every, making and every audience and every audience is different. Sure, so like, sure. So like you can't, you know, a DJ can go this this room wants more of this or this room wants well, it's more like of that. Like a comedian, like like yeah, exactly. feeling the audience, deciding what jokes to leave out, which which ones right. to stay with. And you hear like comedians talking like, oh, that room sucked, you know. And, and people are like, well, for a good, I was like, no, their rooms do have vibes, you know. And like you got to kind of, if you you can have, if you can lock into it, you're golden. If you can't, 
you're kind of screwed. So you you're, kinda... you're talking about like making films or, or you know media that takes a long time to produce. So it's like the DJ trying to predict what that room will like two years in advance, right? Which is like, and who knows what the state of the world will look like in in two years or whatever, you know? So it's like this, but but like if you can nail it, or if you can pretty, or even if you can be true to what your experience is in the edit, you know, I think that's kind of where you really start to feel the movie, you know. Um, if you have a personal experience with it, I guess you can only hope that other people have a similar experience with it because nobody's going to see it for a while. But anyway, I don't know where that was going other than the fact that it's whatever. What yeah, if- but what, one of the things that, that started us off with, with this conversation before we, we hit record was the idea of uh, when, you're, when you're watching, a, you, you've asked someone to watch something you've already seen. In my case, it was uh, Rick and Morty with my wife. And... Uh, and I enjoyed it, but then I was sitting there while she was watching it thinking like, God, my God, this is just so talking. It's, it's terrible. And then she was like, no, that was a lot of fun. And I'm like, boy, I was really critical. But it's it's not that if I had watched it on my own a second time, I may not have had that same thought. I may have, I probably would have just enjoyed it. But it's because I was watching it through her eyes and projecting myself into her. Yeah, and you have I, a stake in it now. You didn't have a stake in it before. You could get, be like, I liked it or I didn't like it, but the stake is now, now I want my wife to like it. Now right. I have a personal stake in it. That's true. You know? That's true. But it does speak to one of the one of the challenges for any content creator, which is, you know, uh, empathizing with your audience, projecting yourself into the mind of your audience while you're creating the content, while you're, I, well, you're being the DJ two years in advance trying to imagine <laughs> that audience. And, you know, and so that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, that can go like south very quickly. That's when people try to like market test an idea before it ever. I mean, you can't. You just can't because they're like people. People and they, here's the other thing too. And this has been on a lot of the podcasts that you've got me on too. PJ's got me on too. But like, people don't know what they want. That's the that's what that's the big major thing here. It's like you like give them what they want. It's like they don't know what they want. That's the point of art, you know. But I think there's a difference between pandering to an imagined audience and what you think people want. Like, what are the trends? Oh, people love zombies. Uh, right. Uh, well, we got to do a zombie thing. Okay, well, what else do people like? Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's Zombie just... volcano, by the way. And I and zombies come <laughs> out of the volcano before a meteor hits. Yeah. Zom- Morgan volcano? Freeman is president. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. And God. Uh, by before? the way, I'm going to have to have everybody who hear, heard this sign an NDA. Hmm. Done. Done. It's implicit. All right. Um, <laughs> you, by hearing this, you have signed, <laughs> an, you've signed an NDA. That sounds legal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's a difference between doing that and just you know being mindful that an audience will watch this, and and the audience can be you, uh, the audience should be you. Well, at you know first, what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're not liking it, then what's the point? You, yeah. you, ultimately, you should you should be creating something that you would want to see, and but at the same time, you have to you know be mindful. Like you might think it's really really clever to not tell people things in your you know or to withhold information. But your audience may need a little bit, you know, not necessarily spoon feeding, but they need may need like, okay, a little bit more needs to be unveiled here and needs needs to be suggested. Maybe you need to show, not tell, or or you know, maybe your first idea on how to tackle something isn't the best thing. So it's it's you know the question of just keeping your audience in mind, and so you're writing things that serve your audience and don't just serve you and your writer brain. You know, one of the other things too is when you talk about creating content you it's you have you're doing you're trying to do you well there's there's two things that are working first of all you're trying to tell a story obviously 
And the second thing is you're trying to assuage, 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 assuage your ego. Hmm. And so here, and when I think about like when I've written stuff like the, this whole idea of like withholding information. So <laughs> Julian Assuage, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm shrugging about Wiki whatever story. we just said. Um, <laughs> but so there's this idea. So this is the difference between um, suspense and a thriller. So a thriller, you withhold information. Mm. The whole who done it. That's that's the whole thing. Suspense is we tell you who done it, and the excitement is for the audience watching it unfold. Uh, both of those are, are require a real understanding of what your audience knows and doesn't know at any particular point. That's right. But one of them is the the game is how clever am I by slow releasing the information. The other one is. How clever am I? Look how I made all this come to this end that you already knew. So like it is, I mean, I mean that, that might be overstating the ego part of it, but there, but like the trick is to, uh, I don't know what the trick is. Well, I mean, the trick is to, to, to not give into your writer's ego to I say think, how right, clever am I? Right. Yeah, exactly. I you just, exactly. uh, you just told me why most Shyamalan films fail. Right. It's because look, look how clever both. I am. Right. He actually puts right. himself <laughs> in the movie and says, how clever am I? Right. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. for a lot of the movies, he does both. Yeah. Which uh, is is bad. And you know, the, the master of <laughs> suspense, not the master of thriller, Alfred Hitchcock told you. And the, there's so much joy in watching how it unfolds that it's, that like you realize like what do I hope for in entertainment? Do I really want to be like oh I never saw that coming or like that was really fun? I think you know, like one in like fifty movies I'd like to be like oh I did not see that coming. Right. The rest of the time I want to be told a good fucking story. Right. And that's the thing you know and you realize like at some point like I and and the other thing t- the the danger and this is sort of the Lindelof problem and the J.J. Abrams problem is like. Um, you could just bail on it all together. But the thing is, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna withhold information when you reveal it, it better be fucking awesome. Yeah, but it never is. Yeah, I, exactly. Because it, it you always because it because it it can't be. Because here's the thing: is like, your the vagary of your imagination is always more interesting than the specificity of whatever whoever came up. With. But the th- the thing is, is that by the time it's revealed, it's the specificity of a situation. Like, oh, it turns out you were in the brain of the dog the entire time. Right, which right? is like, okay, blank. so that's it. Whatever it is, that's the situation. Right? Pitch me right. that but, movie tomorrow. Thanks. But <laughs> here's the thing, though. If you started your movie with that situation, right. you could tell an amazing story in that world. Okay, so I got, a, I got a quick anecdote. So I have a friend who shall go unnamed, but she is on the writing staff at Grey's Anatomy. And this, her first day was uh, breaking the season, I think, is what she was talking about. And so she'd done her homework, watched every episode a thousand times, knew all the characters, you know, kind of had some ideas, you know, like, all right, I got it. And so the uh, writer's room, everybody's like, okay, let's hear your stories. Or here, let's, you know, give us your storylines. And everybody kind of gives their page of whatever their storyline ideas are for the season. And, uh, and they said... Uh, whoever the, I don't think it was Shonda Rhimes uh, whoever runs the writer's room head writer whatever said great Whoosh, that's the first episode whoa and they're like oh damn so like all of a sudden like <laughs> oh we're gonna have to generate a fuck ton of ideas because everybody's like well that's good that's six seasons and like that's the first episode so that I thought that was like such a great like oh yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a long haul that'll make you work <laughs> That's funny. Huh. Um, yeah. Crazy anatomy anecdote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, uh, perspective, <sighs> perception, and... Um, well, 
this is uh, somewhat related. Have you ever uh, tried to make someone watch something you've worked on and it not gone well? Never. Good. Always. <laughs> <laughs> when has the better question is has that never not happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> there was no, that was it. That was all wait, the insight you had. Wait, is it what specifically? Well, uh, in the early days of of dating the woman who would eventually become my wife, I had been like, "Hey, I worked on this thing. Uh, working on television is not really a thing you're that you know familiar with. You don't hang out with people who work on television that much. Uh, so you want to see something I worked on? Yeah, put it in." What was it? So we put the VHS in. I'm not even KB sure. KBGB. <laughs> it wasn't an episode uh, of like Voyager or something um, like that? <laughs> I think it might have been uh, Roughneck Starship Troopers, but it could have been other crap. I don't, I don't know. I mean that that actually I'm but pretty see, proud of you, that. It's I, not crap. You, you can't you can't hold so, yourself responsible for no. that because you, you, you know you worked on the visual effects. You weren't like the director. Well, for the uh, Starship Troopers thing, uh, I was, <laughs> <He> was. technically, <laughs> what? technically a director oh, uh, in a title, bad. in an invalid title. I'm, it would not hold up in the DGA or, or anything like that. But um, yeah, the involvement was huge. Right. And yeah, yeah. you guys had a but lot it was of also room on that. Apparently the cure for insomnia. Uh, so you know, <laughs> oh. yeah, I knew where I stood. So I had an experience. I had a friend over this weekend, and we were we were talking about production stuff. But we were like, he had done a bunch of like fun little shorts, and I showed him a couple of the the things that I'd done on YouTube. And uh, and it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, this, the, you know, you're like, it'll be mildly amusing. And he had a couple of his. I was like, they were just unraveling. I'm like, that's really fucking funny. And I, like I, I wasn't like that. I laughed out loud, and and the the jokes were subtle, and they were kind of buried. And I was like, "This is kind of genius." Mm. And they were, but they were like old VHS things, you know. And I was like, "There, there it is, man!" And like it was super lo-fi, and like, but the idea, the idea was like, I don't know. I don't, it's when when two pieces of the joke come together, and but he's not pointing at them, but they're there, you know. And you get it, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is brilliant." And it's like, but it was such a great experience because you're like, that's what the that's what you hope those experiences are like. Because I like, unless you have like major Schadenfreude or whatever, like I want every <laughs> I want all my friends to succeed and I want to be wildly entertained by my friends. You know, yeah, and like, yeah. And so like, when somebody goes, okay, and it could it could go it could go anyway, you know. And and so you're watching, you're like, okay, okay, like, okay, that's fuck, that's funny. That's really funny. How come nobody knows about this? You know, like I was, and I looked at how many views. 10 views i'm like what there is no way this should have 10 views but anyway mm. so i don't know where that was going but well, it went there share it share it on your twitter and then you could be uncomfortable while other people watch it nice i think that sums up a lot yeah <laughs> tweet it to your friends so this was our sort of rambling <laughs> take on content creation by the way this is what it looks like when you have a half a bottle of Elijah Craig, small batch. <laughs> um, yes, it was sort of a freeform episode, a stream of consciousness, if you will. This is 94 proof. Wow. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> oh, God, we're not we're not doing ourselves any favors. Uh, well, should we wrap this one up or are we were we in the process of wrapping this God, up? God, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, wrap it. All right. 
Wrap it up. I started it. Oh, okay. Well, thanks, folks, for listening to another rambling episode of Ten Giant Robots. And you know what? We'll be back again soon. Ten Giant Robots is created and distributed by the Ten Giant Robots Radio Network in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Our theme music was created by the incredibly talented Shane Knight. Follow us on Twitter at Ten Giant Robots or at TenGiantRobots.com.